Welcome to the Mount Olive Baptist Church podcast. I'm Pastor Carl Stokes. We appreciate you being here today with us. Our desire is to preach the Word of God effectively and clearly so that you can understand God's desire for you in your life. You know, uh, lately I have been having difficulty with my eyes because uh, I'm 52 now instead of 50. And when I was 50, I could read uh, everything that I wanted to read without any problems. I, I remember uh, having these little tiny Bibles that I could read, and, and they had the tiniest print, and it was no problem. But all of a sudden, I started noticing that I couldn't particularly see those really tiny prints. And, finally, and you know, I also had... Uh, issues, and I had to uh, to hold things further and further away to be able to read them, you know. And and so uh, I went to the eye doctor, and they've got this chart that you that you look at. You, you've uh, you've all seen those charts at the the eye doctor, and and they've got them fancy now. Where uh, it used to be, they had the paper chart that you stood twenty feet away. And you, if you could read where the red line was, you had 20-20 vision. Um, now they've got them on uh, uh, mirrors and slide projectors and all that kind of stuff because I think they figured out that a lot of people started memorizing those charts, especially when you sit in the, the examination room for any period of time. Uh, uh, you, you're looking for something to read and something to look at and everybody knows the big what's the big first letter that's all the way at the top everybody knows that one you can know it from memory right E it's E and so uh, of course if you can see that E you know you're not blind uh, that's about all that tells you uh, but uh, that chart has a certain name I didn't even realize that it had a, a particular name, but it that chart is was developed so that that eye doctors could tell if you were having problems seeing and if you had 20/20 vision, and if you don't, they fit you with some nice glasses. And my eye doctor's still having difficulty getting uh, the. Uh, uh, lenses correct for me so I can see reading as well as as far off. I can see all of you just fine. I got good 20-20 vision at a distance. It's that uh, reading stuff close up that's giving me problem. Uh, Of course, that was not the problem I had all through my life. Uh, I always had difficulty seeing things far off and I could read up close, but now I can't even see you know, I put something up close, I, I have a hard time looking at it, especially with my contacts in. But anyway, uh, sometimes I feel like we have that problem when we're facing God. When we're trying to see God, we have difficulty seeing Him clearly. We can see and know that He's there. If you have, uh, if you're uh, nearsighted, which I was most of my life, you can see things out there you know what they are they're just all fuzzy and a lot of times that's how we have a that's the kind of relationship that we have with God we know God's out there but he's kind of fuzzy but God wants to have 
an intimate, personal relationship with us. He wants to have a close relationship with us. And it, uh, I, I can summarize that in one phrase, and that is, uh, if you've ever felt as though you prayed about something or you were praying to God and you just felt like your prayers were bouncing off the ceiling and God wasn't hearing you and God didn't hear what you were saying, then that's I'm speaking to you tonight because uh, what we we know that God hears our prayers, but uh, we want to have an intimate, close, personal relationship. We started this series last week about seeing God, and and we talked about Isaiah and his uh, his personal contact with God. And we want to talk about that a little bit more tonight. And we want to see uh, God uh, is in a in a more personal, intimate relationship. Now. Uh, most of us who have a, a relationship with Jesus Christ have, uh, have a relationship with God because we've accepted Jesus into our heart and we've accepted in, uh, and we've been uh, entered into a relationship with Him, but that's not the same as a personal relationship or an intimate relationship with Him. Um, that's like... Uh, uh, and I've used this uh, uh, analogy before as well. Um, you might know a cousin. I used to uh, when we when we, when I was growing up, we'd go to where the family was, and we used to go to these big family reunions. A lot of families don't have family reunions anymore, but we would. Um, I remember my mom's side of the family. We would get together at a park, and we would rent one of these big. Uh, shelters there and we would have family that came from all over and we would I, 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 I used to love those things because I, I remember and I'd go down the, the line on the buffet of, of food that everybody brought and I, I remember getting a plate one time at one of these family reunions and it must have had six different kinds of fried chicken on one plate. And and I I mean there were some that homemade fried chicken and they had seasoned fried chicken and they had other kinds of fried chicken and then you had the uh the aunt that didn't have time to do anything so she went and got Kentucky fried chicken and so I got them all. I had them all and I ate them all too. Boy, I, uh and that's why um my preacher, when I was growing up, said he knew I was going to go into the ministry because I loved chicken, and and I loved eating fried chicken. Uh, but you know, you when you go to those things, you know your grandparents, and you know your parents, you know your brother, and maybe your closest cousins, your first cousins. But that third cousin once removed, or that uh, cousin over there that that hardly ever comes to anything, and you uh, hardly ever see him, you might say something looks familiar about him, but you don't really know him. You're related. You have you have a blood relationship. But and you are related to that person, and in many states it would be against the law to marry that person and have children. But you don't really know that person because you hardly ever see them. Now see the difference. You are related to them. You have a relationship with them, but you're not. Uh, you don't have an intimate relationship with them. 
And uh, a lot of people that are Christians have a relationship with God. You've accepted Jesus Christ into your heart, and, but you don't have an intimate relationship, an intimate personal relationship with, with God. And what we want to have is to have an intimate relationship with God that goes beyond just simply uh, accepting Jesus Christ into our heart and life, right? I mean, that, that's why we come. That's why we go to discipleship training. That's why we study God's Word. That's why we have quiet time at home. We want to know God. We want to know more than just simply having that relationship with God that comes with salvation. We want to have that intimate, personal relationship with God that comes with spending time with God, that comes with having uh, uh, that uh, spending um, personal time with God. And so... Uh, one of the th- uh, there's only one thing though that keeps us from having that personal relationship with God. You know what it is? You probably all know what it is. It's sin. Sin keeps us from having a relationship with God. Sin keeps us from having a personal relationship with God in that if we uh, uh, allow sin to have uh, control and rule in our life, then we'll never accept Jesus Christ into our life and we'll never have a relationship with God. There's a lot of people in this world and uh, we've, we've, as we go out and we visit people all around our church and as we have spent time, there's a lot of people that's, that want to say, yeah, I know who God is. I know uh, that Jesus died on the cross for me, uh, for me, but they don't have that uh, relationship with God because they like and enjoy their sin more than they enjoy uh, the thought of having a relationship with God. They know who God is. They know what God's done for them. They know that Jesus has died for them. But that sin in their life is so precious to them, so dear to them, that they don't want to give up that that, that, uh, so-called freedom or that uh, so-called thing in their life that, that they treasure more than a relationship with God. And so uh, there's a lot of people that, that have that difficulty of, of having that personal relationship with God because that, uh, whatever it is, it, it might be uh, uh, drugs, alcohol, it might be uh, uh, having uh, relations outside of marriage, it might, ha- might be uh, that they enjoy... Um, Stealing and, and taking from other people and, and getting ahead in business by hook or crook, as they used to say. Um, whatever it is, they like it a whole lot more and they know that if they were to turn to God and they were to turn to a relationship with Jesus Christ, that God would have them confront that in their life and they don't want to give it up. And so that is a higher priority than God is in their life. So sin is what uh, is keeping them from having that relationship with God. But there's also something that keeps us from having a deep personal relationship, an intimate relationship with God too. It's sin as well. <laughs> but it's two different forms of sin in our life. Uh, first is the uh, unconfessed sin. That's the sin that uh, if, if I was to say to you, uh, tell me something in your life that, uh, think of the thing in your life that you don't want anyone else to know about. Think of that, that one thing in your life that you would hate for your 
brother, your, your mother, your, your father, your, your spouse, your, uh, your pastor or whoever to know about your life. That one thing that you are ashamed of. That's the sin that uh, for a lot of people tends to keep them from having a deep personal relationship with God because it's unconfessed. There's uh, someone uh, that is in the Bible that is very well known, that all of us are aware of of who he is. They had a real difficult problem with that, and uh, it's King David. Uh, The Bible tells us in Psalm 66, and it's... uh, let me get out my glasses so I can read it. We can give all kinds of offerings of whatever it may be. It doesn't matter what those offerings are, but if we still have sin in our life, that God won't hear us. And so unconfessed sin keeps us from having a relationship with God, keeps us from having an intimate personal relationship with God. David had an issue with that. We all know the story of David. Uh, David uh, was a... Uh, well-known king. He'd gone out and conquered a lot of, of lands and he did a lot of things to, to uh, uh, expand the kingdom of Israel. He was very well liked by everyone because he was uh, the conquering king, went out and uh, uh, defeated the Philistines. He went out and killed Goliath. He went out and, and uh, did all these things for Israel. And uh, David was in with within his time as king he was uh living on uh in Jerusalem there above everyone else's palace was up high on a hill and so he could look down and see all the uh houses where everyone else lived and uh his of course we know that uh there came a time where the troops went out and they went to war and the battle and instead of going with them David stayed there in at the palace uh for whatever reason we don't know why <clears throat> And David uh, goes out to his balcony and he's, uh, or sitting, uh, walking along his rooftop and, and he looks down and he sees that <laughs> Bathsheba is on her roof uh, and she's bathing. That's where the women would go to bathe. They would go up to the top of the roof and on the rooftop they would uh, uh, bathe there. And David, he looks down and he sees Bathsheba, uh, Bathsheba there bathing. Uh, not Bathsheba. Uh, yeah, it's Bathsheba, and and she's. I got kind of getting all confused and turned around a little bit here. Bathsheba's sitting there and she's uh, bathing, and and so he he sends a runner to go down and find out about her, and and he brings her back to the palace, and and they have a relationship, and. Uh, of course, they're not supposed to have that relationship because uh, she was married to Uriah. And uh, the other thing that caused the complication is that after they had the one-night stand, she became pregnant, right? And so uh, David has unconfessed sin. And what does he do? Instead of confessing that sin before God and allowing God to know uh, that he's been caught in that sin, David tries to do what all of us try and do, right? David wants to cover it up. So he calls Uriah home from the battlefield. And he gives Uriah every opportunity to go uh, home and be with uh, Bathsheba and and be with her uh, so that it'll cover up his sin, cover up his indiscretion. 
But Uriah is faithful to David, even though he's not an Israelite. He is faithful uh, to David to a fault. Uh, David tries to get him drunk and send him home, and he still doesn't go home. He still stays there and sleeps in the gateway to the palace. And so what does David do? He says he knows that his sin's going to find him out soon if uh, he doesn't do something. And so what does he do? He sends Uriah back to the battlefield. He sends him to the front line. And he, uh, instead of just simply having committed adultery, now he commits murder by telling his generals to pull the, the armies back and allow Uriah to be killed. Uh, while he's in the very heat of battle. (coughs) And so David is thinking, okay, I've covered all of that. He gives uh, Bathsheba time to uh, mourn for her husband, and then he brings her back to the palace, and he uh, weds her, and that way he thinks he's covered his tracks. But God tells the prophet Nathan, And Nathan comes to him and he uh, details out uh, this uh, story about a man who uh, is a wealthy man and he has a visitor and he has a neighbor that only has one sheep. And he says instead of offering him one, uh, his, his visitor one of his own sheep, he goes to his neighbor and steals that neighbor's one sheep and uh, slaughters it and offers it to his guests. And David is very furious and angry. And he, said, he feels like this is one of those situations where he's been called upon to, make, uh, to be the judge. And so he says, uh, he, he pronounces judgment on this man for what he's done. And, and Nathan looks at him and says, you are that man. David feels, falls under the conviction of God. In Psalm 51 that we studied for several weeks, uh, uh, is a psalm that deals with the guilt that David had and the, the feelings that he had about uh, that sin in his life and about David confessing that sin. And we talked at length uh, when we studied uh, Psalm 51, uh, we looked at the things that David uh, desired to say. And, one of the, uh, and David starts out and says, uh, God, uh, against you and you alone have I sinned. Now, how can it be that David commits adultery and it's just against God? David realizes that, that all of our sin begins with a betrayal of God. And all of our sin, no matter who it is that we have wronged, no matter who it is that we have sinned against, it's God uh, ultimately. It's God first that we have betrayed. It's God uh, Himself that we have done something against and he's the first one that we ought to confess our sin to. And the Bible tells us in 1 John 1, 9, but if we confess our sin, uh, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin. Right? Amen? And that, that, that's, that's the verse, right? I mean, uh, um, that's one of the, the verses that, uh, that, that I learned when I was young and, and uh, made it a part of my life as well. And 
So we need to confess our sin before God and allow Him to take over that, uh, that sin in our life. And if we'll confess that sin to God, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us of our unrighteousness. And uh, so in order to have a proper relationship with God, in order to have a right relationship with God, we need to begin by, by going to God and, and confessing that sin and making sure that we uh, don't have that unconfessed sin in our life. But there's also someone else that we need to uh, confess to. Uh, if turning your Bibles to James chapter um, James chapter five, look at verse sixteen. Now James is a book of the Bible that a lot of people have a hard time dealing with because James deals with some subjects in a way that that a lot of people don't want to to deal with. James talks about. Um, uh, faith and works and and a lot of times we want to say you know well salvation is about faith but James here uh, he he deals with our salvation and our faith in a, in such a way he says well yeah if you have faith though and and you have salvation through faith you ought to do those kind of things that are evident of somebody who has faith and a lot of a lot of people have a hard time with James but James, and James says something here that we have a hard time with too he says verse 16 says confess your faults one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed and the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much you see a lot of times we we uh we're okay with the fact of going to god and confessing our sin to god because we don't have a problem with that but the problem that we have a lot of times is uh, is confessing our sin to the others, to other people, to um, uh, to each other. You know, we need to confess our sin to the one that we have sinned against. Uh, and yes, we do sin against God first and initially, but we also confess uh, we also sin against others. One of the surefire way, and we were talking about this the other day. Uh, one of the things that keeps us in sin is is the desire to hide that sin and to keep that sin from the light of day and the light of, of Jesus Christ shining upon it. And the one way in which Satan keeps pulling us back into sin is the fact that we hide that sin and we keep it in darkness. We try and keep it uh, keep the light of Jesus Christ off of it because we want to go back to that sin and revisit that sin. And And... James here says that that we ought to confess our sin to each other. Why? Because if we confess our sin to each other, then we not only are making it right, uh, right, our lives right with the person that we've sinned against, but it's also a way of of having someone hold us accountable. If you know that I have, uh, let's say, for instance, I have a, a problem and an addiction to uh, drinking. Not that I do. I don't. Okay. But let's say if I'm someone who did. Um, if I kept that away from everybody else and I uh, continued to, to drink every once in a while and hid that and I only uh, confessed that to God, then the thing is, is I can, can continue in that sin because I continue to have a problem with that and I continue to hide that sin and I continue 
to uh, be bound to that sin. But if I go and I confess that sin to others and I uh, bring it out into the open, then I have others that can help hold me accountable. I have others who can say to me, look, are you having a problem with drink, uh, uh, a desire to drink today? Are you having issues? Or how are you doing today? Uh, and that's the whole thing of, of Alcoholics Anonymous and, and all these other programs that help people that are dealing with drugs or alcohol or whatever else it might be. When you have an addiction, you have to share that with other people so they can hold you accountable. And it's not just those things. It's, it's anything else that we have problems with. And we're usually okay with the aspect of confessing our sin to God, but so many times we don't want to confess our sin to others. Why? Well, we don't want others to know that we're a bad person, that we sin. But guess what? We sin, I sin, you sin, we all sin. It's all a part of being a person, a human. And the more, uh, the closer we are to Jesus Christ, the closer we are to God, the easier it is for us to deal with that sin and it is the easier it is for us to uh, stay away from sin and the, and the more we uh, have an intimate relationship with God the more we don't want to sin but we have uh, but when we're in the the heat of that sin when we're going through the most difficult part we need to confess that sin to to each other and we need to confess so that uh, we have others to hold us accountable it's the same way with what happened to David once David uh, had was confronted with this sin by Nathan he then was able to uh, deal with that sin and was able to confess it before God and he knew that it was not something that he could hide. It wasn't something that he could uh, cover up. And that's so often the, the trend that we have when we have issue with sin is that we try and hide it. We try to cover it up. We try and uh, act as though we don't sin. And uh, church on Sunday is the, the place where everybody wants to come and act like uh, we need Jesus the most, but act like we don't have a need for Jesus. We want to come and, and act as if we're all pious and we're all doing great with, with uh, our daily life and we don't have sin in our life, but we all know that we're in dear need of a relationship with Jesus Christ that draws us ever closer to Him and that we can uh, confess our sin before Him, allow Him to help us out of that sinful situation. And it comes with confessing it before God and confessing it with each other. And so tonight, that's what I want us to take out of here is, is that, uh, that if we're ever going to grow close to God, if we're ever going to have a way of growing in a more intimate relationship with God, we have to deal with our sin. And we deal with our sin by not allowing it to be unconfessed. And we, uh, and we need to... Uh, deal with that sin by confessing it before God and before each other so that we won't allow that sin to stay within our life and to fester in our life and to cause us to, to grow ever more distant with God. The more we uh, are able to allow God to deal with our sin in our life, the closer we'll be to Him. So that's what we need to take from from this tonight and we'll grow closer to him the more we deal with our sin
more we confess our sin to Him and confess it to each other. Let's bow for prayer. Dear Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank You so much that we can come before You and lay our, uh, our guilt before You. Lord, you, uh, there's no hiding our sin from You because You know all things. And so often we tend to want to, to uh, act as if uh, we don't have an issue with our sin. But it's not until we deal with that sin and confess it before You that we'll truly be free of that sin. And, we, and it's not until we allow others to know about that sin in our life and, and confess it before others that we'll truly have victory over that sin because the, uh, the, the prayer of, of each other, lifting each other up to help each other in those circumstances is how we overcome that sin. Father God, we pray that You will lead us into a more intimate relationship with You, a more personal relationship with You, not just simply knowing You, but having an intimate relationship with You. Father God, we pray that You would help us to grow in that way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.